What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free, which is great. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer all in one. And it is the platform that I use to host and upload my podcast. They will distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership, which is lit. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, Anchor. Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to Acting My Age. Happy Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very excited to be back here recording. Um, I'm really, really enjoying this whole podcast process. So thank you for all your love and support. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, let's just get right into the episode. questions that I get asked most is how Sage and I afford the things that we do at our age, um, how much money we make, so many questions about finances, how to budget, everything. That's definitely one of the top asked questions or topics, money, finances, all of that. And it's a topic that in the past has made me very uncomfy. Um, I'm still working on my relationship with money in general, so I thought today's episode we're just gonna we're just gonna cover my whole history with money, my relationship with money, growing up in high school and college, and how it is now, and kind of all of the steps and things that have led me to making money now. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to cover that today. It's going to be pretty juicy, getting real personal. So yeah, let's talk about money and Chanel bags. <laughs> real quick, I just wanted to read a few reviews on my podcast uh, page on Apple that really mean a lot to me and they make me so happy. So this is what you guys are saying about the podcast. You freaking cutie pies. I literally read these to Sage whenever there's a new one and like just get so happy. It's insane. So the title for this is Rohini is my queen um, from Ashton Leah. So it says, gosh, I love her so much. I never can really listen to the YouTubers I watch podcasts because I honestly, I get bored or don't really care. I usually stick to true crime podcasts only, but I just listened to your first two in a row and that is saying something. Face like with hearts emoji. I don't know how to describe that. You know, the one where you're smiling and there's hearts around you. Um, love you, Rohini. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. The ones that I like die over are they're like, I've never listened to a podcast before, but I love this one. It just makes me feel so happy inside next one all-time favorite podcast Rohini is a down-to-earth happy goofy gal that isn't afraid to share what she's thinking through listening to her podcasts I've been able to see major aspects of life from a new perspective and overall it's clear how much she genuinely cares for her audience it's very true I do care um Rohini switches it up which I truly love she has episodes that make you laugh your ass off and then more serious ones which lead to self-reflection and a growth mindset 
Rohini is relatable. She's like my older sister and always gives some great food for thought. I've always loved her YouTube videos because they are so real, and she displays that same characteristic in her podcast. Love me some heen. Oh my god, I could cry. I could cry right now. I literally did cry. <laughs> the first day when I got some ratings, I started crying because I was just so like, uh. <sighs> so I think those are the two I'll read for now, but I'm just going to keep reading some every now and again because I'm very grateful for you guys and I'm so, so, so thrilled and happy that you are loving the podcast. So thank you for those reviews. So I want to start off by just painting the picture, setting the scene as I love to do, um, just kind of walking through my whole relationship with money growing up. When I was super little, we lived in Seattle and I never really, you know, noticed anything was wrong. Um, my dad is a carpenter and he had a pretty good job in Seattle and we had a house. Um, they owned that house. My house we lived until when I was born until I was like six and then we moved to Woodby Island. Um, so yeah, I didn't really notice anything about money or finances when I was young. I'm not sure um, that I would have noticed anything if there was anything going on just because I was little. But yeah, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess, when I was younger. And then we moved to Woodby. Things got tough when we moved to Woodby. I'm believe that it lined up right around the recession when we ended up moving um, out of Seattle. And my dad's a carpenter, like I said, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom with me. We were renting a house. The plan was we were going to rent a house and then um, they were going to buy one shortly after once we found one that we liked. And they, yeah, we never ended up buying a house. So when I lived on Woodby, we moved, I think like five times maybe. Just remember finances were maybe a little bit tight and we had to keep moving. Um, we had to keep kind of like downgrading our houses, having more affordable houses with like the monthly rent. Once we got into, I don't even remember like my earliest memory of like having money struggles, but actually I do remember one of my earliest ones. I don't know how old I was. It was our second house that we lived in on Woodby. So I think, it, I mean, it must've been elementary school, maybe around like fourth grade perhaps. But I just remember calling my friend Marin, who is still one of my best friends and just like crying to her saying like we have no money like we're, we're broke and I didn't understand what was happening I think I just overheard some conversation from my parents and I was just really stressed out and I was like I just I think we're broke like I don't think we have any money and I don't know we're in fourth grade so we don't know what the hell is happening and Marin was just like uh like I don't think she knew what to do I think it was very shocking for both of us I don't know why that's like my first memory like remembering money struggles I mean my entire childhood like growing up, there was always food on the table. There was always a roof over my head. And like, I always had everything that I needed, you know? So that in itself is a huge, huge, huge blessing, which I know so many people don't have that blessing. So just wanted to uh, preface with that. There was always food on the table. I remember in middle school, that's when you start noticing what other people have and what you don't have, I feel like, just because middle school is so like, you're just comparing everything. I remember wanting to go shopping at the mall with my friends regularly. Woodby Island, I feel like, I'm sure it's like this in many places, but there's a lot of wealthy families on Woodby. And all my best friends, were pretty wealthy I would say or at least they had money you know it wasn't a problem and I always would just compare myself like I just didn't really understand why when I went shopping with my friends I couldn't really I couldn't get anything and they got so many shirts and clothes all the time and I just remember feeling really like self-conscious about it about not being able to afford it and I remember like my mom would suggest going to the thrift store and I would think that was so achy and gross, which is funny because now I fucking love the thrift store. But in middle school, everything is just like such a big deal. 
such a big deal. Yeah, like I wanted Uggs and Lulus for so many years. I remember I wanted Lulus so bad, literally for like six years, and I never got them. I just got like, you know, some Victoria's Secret ones or some at the thrift store or something like that. I don't really even know. And I wanted Uggs, couldn't get those. So I got the knockoff ones. Just, I just remember it like really bothering me that I couldn't have like the things that my friends had. And like, I just started to notice like my friends would go to Hawaii a couple times a year. They'd go on all these vacations and we never went on any vacations. And I just started noticing all these things that I didn't really realize before. And then as I got older and I started noticing more, I just realized that money was very tight, but I didn't know the full extent of it in middle school, I don't think. In high school, I started working as soon as I could legally get a job. I was babysitting before I could legally get a job, and then I think it's like 15 or 16 you have to be legally. I started working at a catering company, then when I was... I guess 16. I'm not sure how old I was. I started working at a coffee shop. So I worked at a coffee shop and I worked at a catering company pretty much most of high school. Yeah, I just started earning my own money, which to me felt like the ultimate freedom because I could finally like fill the gap, I guess, between me and my friends. So I could go out with them and go shopping and I would have my own money to buy the shirt I wanted to buy. And I, once I got a car, I would you know, pay for my own gas and I'd be able to go wherever. And it just felt like so much freedom. And I remember we would go out to go to like a local coffee shop or something or go out to breakfast with our friends on the weekends and I just felt so good being able to buy my own food and do what I wanted to do and live the lifestyle I wanted to live uh, with my own money even in high school like I just remember being so happy like being able to buy my own coffee before I went to school just made me super super happy and once I started being able to earn my own money I never really minded I guess I minded less that other people had money from their parents like I didn't really care that much because as long as I could do what I wanted to do I didn't really mind yeah so I worked all through high school I think I think in high school is when money got really tight and it got to be quite tough because my dad had some um, mental health problems and he couldn't really work anymore so my mom had to work and she had been a stay-at-home mom before um so she ended up working at like a bunch of nonprofits. and Woodby Island is not like there isn't a booming job market on Woodby Island. It's a small community, not that many jobs. She just had a lot of different jobs. It was always just very up and down. All this is kind of blurry because it was a while ago, and I also don't really like to think about it that much, I guess. I just remember in high school, once I started like earning you know, steady paychecks, I would work on the weekends or after school if they needed me for an extra shift, or I would babysit or whatever, you know, any odd job that came my way, I would usually do it on top of like my regular job. And I just remember coming home. This was later, so this must have been after my sophomore year. I remember coming home and like there would be an IOU note with like hearts on it saying like IOU whatever amount of money because my parents had to borrow money out of my savings account for rent or for groceries or whatever it was and at the beginning it didn't really bother me I mean it didn't really bother me that much honestly at the time afterwards it did bother me like I think that's something I've had to kind of like get over I guess because this is a this is a very in, in-depth episode. We're going to get real deep here. So yeah, I just would come home and there'd be an IOU note and I would look on my banking app or whatever and see that they'd taken out like, you know, most all my savings to pay rent or to buy groceries. Another thing I should mention is like my parents are literally the sweetest people ever in every possible way in life. Like I was so like wealthy and abundant, I guess except for like money like they are literally the nicest sweetest caring most loving people ever they're just really amazing people and now I have nothing like I have no bad feelings or like grudges or whatever about how I grew up because I'm actually very grateful not having things just like handed to me but we'll talk about that later just wanted to 
put that in there because my parents are amazing people and I don't want anyone to think otherwise. They would take out some of my savings, but I always would get it back. It would take a while, but they would always pay me back whenever my mom got another job or just sophomore, junior, senior year was, was definitely very hard overall for them like their relationship I know was not its best and my dad was having a lot of mental health problems and he couldn't really work all of that time so my mom it was all on my mom like everything was on my mom cooking cleaning grocery shopping you know taking care of me all of that was on her and it was definitely very hard for them so I just didn't really I didn't want to be home as much I guess I just wanted to be like free that was just my biggest thing I'm an Aquarius Sagittarius moon I just wanted to be free so I would work so I could do whatever I wanted to do and then I just kind of also held that money the freedom that I felt from earning my own money I kind of held that over them too by senior year I just was like well I'm literally paying for all my stuff by myself you don't get to tell me what to do basically like that's how I felt they still you know put a roof over my head and got groceries and everything I mean there were times when we like couldn't afford groceries it wouldn't last for very long like we never went hungry or anything but it definitely was like money has always been just an extremely stressful concept growing up like it just was never an easeful thing it was always stressful always always something to worry about and for me like I just developed this relationship with money where I just did not want to talk about it like I would do whatever to not have to talk about it like when my parents or mom would come in and be like I'm so sorry like we have to borrow money from you again I'm, I'm just like obviously she felt bad like she felt so bad about it and it would make me feel so bad to see her feeling so bad and I just didn't even want to talk about it so I'd be like yeah no worries it's fine totally fine like I just didn't want to talk about it didn't want to get into it to me money just became something to avoid talking about at all costs no matter what the circumstance was getting ready to go to college um, obviously I was moving to New York, so that's a big move. I worked my ass off that summer before college. I literally worked every day. The like month leading up until when I was about to leave, I literally worked, I don't know, weeks and weeks and weeks straight every day at the coffee shop just because I, I knew I needed money to move to New York. Like, hello. And I think I saved up maybe like five or six grand, which to me felt like a lot. I was very, very happy, pleased with how much I had saved up. And then I moved to New York and it all went very fast. The money went bye-bye real fast. I got a college credit card, maxed that out. It, the max was like super, super small, like two grand or something, maybe even less. Maxed that out super fast, buying like my dorm stuff, buying my groceries, buying my books, my textbooks, my supplies, all of that. I maxed out my credit card. I blew through my savings. I got like loans and grants and everything for college. Luckily, I got like a bunch of scholarships and stuff, so it didn't end up being that much for tuition. And now I'm still just paying off my student loans. Blew through my savings. I was broke as fuck. I was super stressed. I remember Sage, Sage was in the Coast Guard then, and he was making like, you know, a steady, he was making a steady salary in the military, and he would Venmo me money for groceries, and I just remember being like, oh my god, thank god, like literally what would I do right now if I didn't have a boyfriend who was making money, like holy fuck. And this was my first semester at college. So I remember I was just super, super, super broke. I wanted to get a job and I wanted to get like a paid internship or whatever. I applied to like anthropology. They never freaking responded, which I thought was kind of rude. Like at least tell me I didn't get the job. They just didn't even respond. And then uh, I ended up getting an internship, an interior design firm at the same time that I ended up becoming a Glossier rep. So I started becoming a Glossier rep January of my freshman year. So like right 
after first semester, like when I got home from break. So beginning of second semester, I, I became a Glossier rep and that was just like the start of everything. So I got an internship and I became a Glossier rep at the same time, basically. And my internship was unpaid at first, but it quickly turned into a paid internship and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. It was very like fast paced, intense work environment and it was really cool. My Glossier rep career started to take off. At first it was just like, a little, you know, extra money, which at that point was night and day. Like it meant I could afford groceries. It was everything. It was a huge difference. And then as my following grew, as my YouTube grew, and I was one of the first glossy reps. I think I was one of the like first 30 or 40. So there wasn't that many at that time. And also this was like the heyday of Glossier. Like it was a hot new company. Not as many people knew about it. Like everyone wanted to try it. It was, it was just popping at that time, like Glossier in its prime. (laughs) And I did some YouTube videos, like reviewing the products. And I would just put like boy brow review or whatever in the title. I had my Glossier rep link in the bio and people were looking for discount codes. And so it just ended up popping off basically. Before I knew it, I was making a lot of money doing that. More money than I had ever made. It just blew my mind. So I was making money from my interior design internship, which was not like crazy. Like it was good. I got 20 an hour, but I didn't work that many hours and I started getting glossy money and things just really turned around. So I moved out of the dorm, moved in with Sage, that summer, I remember I didn't have enough like financial history to be able to afford it. So we had to get my brother to be a guarantor. It was just crazy getting our own apartment and like, I don't know, it was such a, it was such a crazy time. It's so exciting. I would say by that summer, like my first summer in New York, I was making, you know, decent money enough to live off of. Sage and I split the rent. We could afford groceries. The year after that, it just started going crazy. I started making more money than I had ever made before. It was nuts. That year was a really good year and that next summer, so my second summer in New York, which was the summer that we eloped, that was the most money I've like ever made in a short amount of time that summer. It was insane. Like Glossy was freaking popping off. I had like, I started to get sponsorships. I started to get other affiliates. It just was nuts. And it was before Glossier really realized like how well the rep program could do, I guess. Because now there are like way more like caps and restrictions on it, I feel like. Like it's a lot harder to earn money through them now. But at that time, they just, no one was really monitoring it that closely, I feel like. So I was just making a shitload of money, basically. And I had never made money like that in my life. Like when I saw the, the deposits, also it was a Stripe deposit every single day. So now it's not like that. Now I get like chunks of money like once a month. No, once every two months. But then it was instant deposit. So if someone bought a bunch of stuff for me, then I would get that money in like a few days. <laughs> like it was just constant. Every single time I opened my bank account, there would be a sh- fat chunk of money in there just every single day. It was literally insane. Like I can't describe that feeling for someone who had never like had extra money ever. Like I had never experienced having excess money in my whole life and I just all of a sudden had so much of it it was literally insane for me and so I did what any um how old was I 20 I did what any 20 year old living in New York would and I fucking went crazy I went so crazy I bought so much stuff I bought so many designer bags I bought I remember my first bag was a Chloe bag don't know why the fuck I bought that also I bought it new which was so stupid 
I just, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was so excited and I wanted to buy something nice. I just remember being like, I have to buy something nice because I also started to be like in more of the influencer world then, I guess. So I was going to a bunch of events where everyone is wearing designer, like head to toe and just a very glam atmosphere. And I just remember feeling like not up to, up to snuff or whatever. Like I needed some designer shit to look the part, I guess. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of shit. I bought like, oh my God, I bought a Chloe bag a Givenchy backpack, my Chanel bag, Fendi bag. Oh, my Celine. That was my second bag. My Celine was my second bag I bought. Oh, two Louis Vuitton duffels. I literally went fucking insane. In like, I don't know, five months I bought all of that. So much money, guys. I bought that Chanel bag for like, I had it a thousand dollar credit because I did a sponsored post with The Real Real. I think it was still like, I think I still paid like three grand for that. Just insane. Like I would not do that now. If you look at it, like now we're in more of a stable environment, I guess, with our money, but I would never do that now. Just drop three grand without even considering it. Oh my goodness. But I was, you know, young and excited. It was such a time to be alive for me. I just started spending and spending and spending and spending. And we moved into a nicer apartment. Sage was also making more money at that time. You know, we were having, we were having a good time. We were kind of living the New York dream, I feel like. We upgraded from our Bushwick apartment to a really nice apartment in Williamsburg, brand new. It was four grand a month, which is more than we pay now for our four-bedroom house. <laughs> I just felt really, felt really good. I felt like I was fucking balling. I, I did not pay any attention or had, I had zero concerns about the future, basically, with money. Like, I was not thinking about that. I was living for the now. I was going out with my friends. I was getting drinks. I was buying clothes. I was on the real real like every other day. That's like a secondhand um, designer consignment shop if you don't know what that is. Living in the moment I guess. Not being smart about the future. Sage who is the king of thinking about the future and being smart with finances got you know really worried. I remember him just being like you're not like you need to relax. Like you should not be dropping three grand every other day on random shit, random bags. And obviously that would like cause some beef between us because I just would be like, why the fuck do you get to tell me like what I can spend my money on? And I mean, for the most part, he just kind of stayed out of it at first because he knew he knew I was so excited and like had never had that kind of money before. But after a point he was like, look, and this was like some serious conversations we had. He just was like, look, I'm building a future for us and our family and I'm saving money like so we can have the life that we want in 10 years and 20 years so our kids can have the life that we like dream of for them and you're just like spending all your money wasting it away like not thinking about any of that and at first I was really you know didn't appreciate that I got upset also I should mention that it still happens to this day but for some reason with how I my relationship formed with money when I was younger now whenever Sage and I have a conversation about finances I usually end up crying uncontrollably like with literally not even trying to He doesn't say anything necessarily to upset me. It's not like we're fighting. He says it in like a nice tone and I still start crying. Like I just can't. I don't know what it is, but that's like the one topic that just sets something off in me. So that was a lot worse at the beginning. Like whenever he'd be like, look, you need to be more like responsible with your money. I just would start bawling uncontrollably and I couldn't even talk. Like I couldn't even like think of what to say or anything. It just was literally so difficult for me to talk about it. It honestly took me a while to like grasp what he was saying. I don't think I really understood it until we moved back to Seattle. Also in New York, it's just, it's just a lot easier to feel like you need to be spending money all the time because the options are literally endless. You know, my career at that time involved going to like four 
at least four events a week. And I had friends at those events and we'd go get drinks after or we'd go get lunch or there's just so much social social stuff that involves spending money. Like I was spending so much money all the time and it was, it was fine. Like we could afford it, but it's still now looking back, I'm like, wow, I spent a lot of money. When I think about it now, cause I've done a lot of like reflecting on my relationship with money, which is why I can even talk about this on this podcast. I just feel like my whole concept and relationship with money was like, you have to spend it now before it goes away. And I still catch myself doing that. Like I just always thought it was never going to last. I just thought like, yeah, now I can spend a bunch of money, but in a few months I'll be broke again. I just never thought that I would be someone who had stable finances. Like I just, it's not that I didn't want that because if you'd asked me like, what are your goals? Like the first thing I would say is to be stable financially, but I didn't actually believe it. Like I wanted it, but I didn't actually believe that that was going to happen. Literally, like I talked about in the last episode, getting confidence from a partner, Sage is the reason why I <laughs> believe that now. Like, he really is. He is the most determined guy ever. And he has no, he had no doubt in his mind. There just wasn't another option for him. Like, he's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna be successful. We're gonna be able to support our family. And, you know, we're gonna be able to help our parents. And our finances are not gonna be like a topic of worry because both of us like grew up where finances just were like such a worrisome topic. He just was so clear that that wasn't going to happen for us. And literally years, took me years to believe that and actually embody that and just stop spending money on stupid shit basically that I didn't need. And although it was really fun and in a way I'm glad that I did it then because now I have a lot of nice things that are going to last me my whole life and they are beautiful. It wasn't a realistic lifestyle. Once we're like making fucking millions and millions, then, then maybe we'll ball out. When we moved to Seattle, I just started to kind of see the vision of our future, I guess. It seemed closer because in New York, we never wanted to stay there long term and we never wanted to raise kids there. We never pictured that as our like future. So I feel like moving back to Seattle, being in a cute little house, like seeing our family regularly and seeing our childhood friends, like I just started to kind of picture our future more. I kind of realized like what it was going to take for us to get to the future that we want. And so I got better about my spending and it still has been a journey because I am not someone who's very mindful about what I buy. Like when I'm at the grocery store, I'm not necessarily thinking about all the prices of the things that I'm grabbing. Like sometimes I'll, you know, compare prices, but I'm not like, oh, this is really expensive. I won't get this today. Now in the coronavirus, I have been doing that, but before I was never doing that. Like I'm not that conscious about money and I know that and that is one of my like faults, I guess. So I've been trying to work on that. It's just something that I have to be aware of and it's literally in my life, I think that is the thing that I've had to do the most self-work on and like changing my mindset. It had to be like a complete 360 shift in my mind or 180 shift, whatever. Did a full 180. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I had to do because I just could not have been on more opposite sides with, with money. It's just such a thing for me, guys. It really is. Another thing that made me get really serious about money is paying for our wedding. Holy shit. Sage and I paid for our wedding pretty much by ourselves. We paid like 45 grand, (laughs) which is insane to say that. Oh my God. Yeah, we paid a fucking lot for our wedding. Um, It was really expensive. I was trying to save money. Like we did it on the farm, Sage's mom's farm, trying to save money and We didn't hire a bartender or a DJ trying to save money, but it still was just so much money because I have fucking expensive taste and my dress 
It was five grand. We had a lot of guests too. I think that was one of the first big things that I was like, okay, I need to stop buying stupid shit now because I need to save money for this big event that I want. Like that was the first like solidified goal where I, I could visualize what I wanted to save money for. Like I knew exactly why I needed to save money and not buy this stupid thing that I saw at TJ Maxx and I liked it. Like I would pick it up and be like, nope, you save money for the wedding and I'd put it back down. I take it out of my cart. That was a huge thing because now when I buy something, I just like I'll pick it up and say, no, this money can go towards this, this and this in the future. You know, the goals of what I want for us with our lives, the dream house that I want us to have in a few years and like the clothes that I want our kids to have in a few years and all those things like those are just so like firmly set in my mind now that it's a lot easier for me to not just pull the trigger on random shit that I see online. That's one of the main things whenever anyone asks me like how do you budget or like anything about my finances. My number one piece of advice to anyone is have a very crystal clear goal of what you want for your life and if you have that goal then it'll just be in your mind when you're wanting to buy a bunch of clothes that you don't necessarily need like you'll be like oh no don't need that I really want to I want to move to New York for instance that's a huge thing to save for a lot of you guys want to move to New York in the future I want to move to New York next year I'm not gonna buy this or I want to go on this trip to Europe with my friends this summer I'm not gonna buy this like having a clear goal that makes you excited it'll motivate you to put anything that's in your cart out of your cart trust me <laughs> And this whole coronavirus situation has also helped me a lot because we're only buying essential stuff, you know? For the first month, I don't even know how fucking long it's been. It's been a long time. But for the first, like, month of this coronavirus situation, Sage was, like, you know, wanted to definitely play defense. And so we didn't we didn't buy anything except groceries. Like, nothing at all. And we saved all of our money. We were not buying anything that wasn't essential. It was just, like, we have to be safe and cautious in case this never gets better, in case... Like, where can he stop making money completely in case Sage loses more clients? Like, we just had to be really careful about it. And now, for instance, I ordered online furniture for the back patio because it's been literally 80 degrees out. And I really, really wanted to be able to sit outside and enjoy the sun. Old Rohini would have freaking ordered the three grand sectional that I was looking at. And I would have ordered five more things with no hesitation and just put it on the credit card. But New Rohini was comparing and shopping and comparing all these prices, going on every website possible, Wayfair, Overstock, Target, like comparing so many things. And it took me days and days and days and days to pull the trigger on anything because I was like, am I getting the best price? Is this the best value? And I have things that I'm saving for later when we know that our finances are a little more stable again. So I feel like for me, that's a huge, huge change and a huge like growth spurt, I guess, in terms of money because... I went from having a super broke mindset mentality, I guess, to making money and literally blowing it on everything to just spending money and not thinking about how much I was spending to now like considering how much I'm actually spending and, you know, being more mindful about it all. So I feel like that's a huge, huge journey for me, huge transition. And that is absolutely, I credit most of that to Sage. But it took me to actually like embody what we were saving for to actually do it. But him always in the back of my mind or always whenever I would buy something we didn't need, he's like, babe, like think about the future, think about our family, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, yep, 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 you're right. And when you have that, it's just so much easier to focus on because it's just such an exciting thing, you know? Like we want to have kids in the next couple of years. So we got to get serious about 
what needs to happen before before we get there. And I want my dream house more than anything in the whole world besides kids. <laughs> kids are number one, but dream house is like close, close second, I guess. And for me, another like thing that has helped me is just visualizing. Like if you're struggling with saving money or you're just buying a lot of stuff, having that clear goal and literally visualizing it down to the finest detail. Pinterest actually helps me a lot with this. Like I have a dream house Pinterest. I have different boards for every single room <laughs> that I really like. If you have like something that you can picture for me when I'm like, okay, I need to save money. I picture like this amazing white house with shutters and like roses climbing up the sides of the house and a huge flower garden and vegetable garden and an amazing pool in the back that's perfectly landscaped and like just all these rooms I just picture it so clearly in my mind that that will completely stop me from buying whatever I think I need to buy so if you have something that you're saving for like the trip I said before with your friends like just picture yourself in Europe on the seaside drinking some you know freaking what's it called oh drinking an Aperol spritz on the seaside with your friends in Europe like you'll I can guarantee almost guarantee you're gonna take that freaking reformation top out of your cart no matter how cute it is <laughs> yeah so I hope that's a helpful tip because it is so hard to learn this as a young person like some people are innately really frugal and good at this and some people just aren't like most of us have to do a huge, there's a huge learning curve to learn how to make and spend your money as an adult. It's like a huge learning curve for me. I know plenty of people who it hasn't been a learning curve because maybe their parents instilled specific like rules and I don't know, some parents are really frugal and you learn that. I just never really had that solidified in my mind. So I had to learn it as an adult. Okay, I had to take a little water break. I mean, that was a very long-winded history of my relationship with money. I hope that this helps you guys get to know me a little bit better. It still is like a, a sore subject for me, I guess you could say. I'm getting better, definitely. I'm working on it. I'm getting better with it. I'm trying to uh, heal my relationship with money. Sounds weird, but I mean, it's not good that I cry every time Sage and I have to talk about finances. Like, it's just a part of life, so... I'm just trying to work on it <laughs> as a person. I mean, this podcast is literally called Acting My Age. And one of the biggest things that I need to do as an adult acting my age is to have a good mindset about money and be smart with my money. So yeah, <laughs> I wanted to share it with you all, even though it's rather personal. Like I said, it's been a sore spot for me. And I just remember, it's so funny what you remember, like what sticks out to you in your memory, because I don't necessarily have a good memory. So when something sticks out, I'm like, huh, I wonder why that stuck around. I just remember like when I was in New York and, you know, living our best lives, some people from my hometown started talking shit, talking mad shit. Like, were you just out there like frolicking around New York with daddy's money? Like how spoiled, like spoiled fucking brat or something like frolicking around with daddy's money. And I remember I, the literal rage <laughs> that I felt inside when I heard that is insane. Like, I'm like, I didn't get fucking shit. Like I earned this myself. You motherfucker. You're like daddy's money. goddamn. Like I got so mad inside. Cause I was like, this is just so, it just pissed me off because this is another thing I'm working on. Like I just felt the need to remind everyone that I like did this myself and I didn't have family money and there was nothing that I had to fall back on. Same with Sage. Like there was no, there was no second chance. Like if we missed our rent, like we had no family members to help us pay our rent, you know, like it wasn't like we had any cushion, I guess at all whatsoever. So I definitely think that has helped us a lot because when you have no cushion, no backup plan, you have no choice but to figure it out yourself. 
you have no choice. I mean, like, you know, you have to pay the bills. So you end up having to figure it out for yourself in whatever way possible. But I just remember getting so fucking mad when anyone would assume that my success is now or they see my Chanel bag and they're like, oh, spoiled brat. Like, I hate that. Like, I hate that so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't even fucking matter because whenever I, I know people that have gotten really nice things from family money, I'm like, wow, that must be really nice. And I honestly feel happy for them because I could just imagine I'm like, that is so much less stressful than the alternative. It's just such a, you know, I can keep going back and forth. It just is like a scale. It always tips back and forth how I feel about the whole topic. So I thought this would be interesting to talk about because I know I'm sure there are people that can relate on either sides of this whole spectrum. Money is such a, it just really annoys me, honestly. The whole conversation about money annoys me and I want people to talk about it. Like it shouldn't be something to be ashamed of because most people struggle with money at least once in their lives. Like it's a fucking struggle. We all are usually on that struggle. And if we're not, then we're incredibly blessed, you know? And I just think it's important to talk about it. Like not a day goes by that I don't feel extremely, 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 extremely grateful and blessed that Sage and I can afford the things that we can afford and we can have this life and we can help our families. And you know, I just feel like Another thing I've, I've had to learn and accept is I believe that sharing money and helping other people when they are struggling with money is going to come back around and you're gonna, sharing your abundance brings you more abundance. I definitely feel like that. So if you have money and you share it, that's the best thing ever. You share the wealth, you spread the wealth. That is just like, to me, what other reason is there to have money than to help other people and to share it with people you love? So that's another huge motivating factor, too. If anything, you can take from this podcast episode. If you embody the goals that you want in your freaking core, in your heart, in your soul, you picture these things that you want and hold them, like, so dearly, and you think about the people that you can help if you have money. It's just such a game changer. And this brings me to my next topic. This podcast is completely a rant. This episode's completely a rant because I don't have any questions. Usually I ended out with questions from you guys, but this one I knew I would be talking my ass, talking my ass off, talking my freaking face off for this episode. So no questions in this one, just me blabbing. The next thing that I think is super, super important, and I'm glad I remembered it, <laughs> I didn't write it down in my notes, is that I just think our society, and our generation especially, has some weird, like, rich people are bad. Like, if you're super wealthy, you're, like, bad. You're a bad person. I just feel like there's that negative connotation with having, like, a bunch of money, and I just think that should absolutely not be the case, because if you're a shitty person, and you make a lot of money, you're still going to be a shitty person. You're just going to be a rich, shitty person. You're going to be probably even shittier person. But if you're a good person and you get a lot of money, you're going to be a good person who has a lot of money and you can share that with people. Like there are so many extremely wealthy people that do so much good and they help so many people. And you know, they, sh they share the wealth. The best thing to do from seeing a rich, really rich person, what really wealthy person or hearing about them is just to be inspired and motivated by them. Don't be jealous or upset or angry at them for being super rich. Like if anything, just be motivated by it. There's enough money in this whole world to go around, you know, it's just up to you. I really do. I really do believe that because I've talked to and met so many people that have dug themselves out of terrible, terrible holes to make a bunch of money. So I really do think that anyone can be fucking rich if they want to. Get that fucking bag, sis. Get that coin. Get that fucking coin. I literally do. I do believe that because I did not think that I was gonna end up like this. I really didn't. I really didn't. And I'm so fucking grateful that I, that we can afford 
our house and our dog and our cat and our food. Like, I'm so grateful. It's insane. Also, the the last thing I wanted to talk about is if you are struggling financially, you are a broke college student, you are just, you graduated and you just got, you know, laid off. So many people are laid off right now. It's such a crazy time in the economy. Don't doubt yourself, basically, is what I'm, what my advice is. Don't get discouraged. Don't think that you're never gonna, you know, get yourself out of this hole because you will. And the number one thing Sage and I always say is that you need to invest in yourself. It's so fucking true. If you have, you know, a grand extra in your savings account, rather than putting it in the stock market or something, I don't know, invest into yourself. Take a course that you've been wanting to take. Learn a new skill. Learn how to, like, do something that will get you to your next step. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Sage and I go to Grant Cardone's business conference every year, and we are going to a boot camp by him this summer. So now we're going to go every six months, basically, and it's expensive. Those tickets to go to the business conference, we get the, like, premiere seats or whatever, so we can network with people who have money and who have amazing connections. I don't remember exactly how much we spent on the tickets because we got them ahead of time at at this year's conference for next year's conference, so they do, like, a deal. But I'm pretty sure we dropped like 20 grand on our tickets and that's a fucking lot of money that is so much money but we're investing in ourselves because every single time we go to these conferences we leave so motivated we leave just completely inspired we we literally those conferences make me feel like I am completely unstoppable and everything that like I want is in within my reach and that that feeling there's it's priceless guys it is a priceless priceless feeling and if there's anything in this world that makes you have that and feel like your dreams are completely achievable then you need to fucking lean into it and invest and do everything you can to have that feeling more it's it's invaluable it really is we invest our hard-earned money into something like that because it motivates us and helps us make more money in the long run and helps propel us to the next step so i just wanted to remind everyone if you're if you're a broke college student like don't worry about it we get I get so many questions like I'm a broke college student I need to how do I save you know a hundred dollars a week or how do I learn to save my money like don't don't worry don't put so much pressure on yourself like complete the task that you were there to do get your degree get a job get a career that you love get find a path that will make you money that you that you love you know don't worry about being a broke college student now worry about doing the best possible job you can at college and getting the most out of it, making the most connections, getting the internship that's going to land you a great job, you know? Worry about that part because you just have to invest this time into yourself and this money into yourself. College is expensive, you know, living is expensive, but you have to you have to invest in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. That's what it really comes down to. Hopefully <laughs> this podcast episode I don't know what. Fuck, I just rambled. I just told you all about my whole gosh dang life. Hopefully this motivated you because this is like the same cheesy pedestal I was on at the last episode, except this time I'm not talking about relationships. This time I'm talking about believing in yourself and believing that you can be fucking rich if you want to. You can be a boss ass, rich ass bitch if you want to. You really can. Find someone that connects with you. Find someone that you idolize. Find someone that you want to emulate, you know, their success and just learn as much from them as you can. Um, because it's, it's invaluable. Find that person or find that course or find that book or whatever it is that lights the fire under your ass, basically, because that's how Sage and I describe it when we go to these conferences. It lights a fucking fire under our ass and we come home so much more motivated. 
that is all my rant about finances, but I have a few more minutes, so I guess I can talk about a few other things, just like can give a little life update. Um, It's been so hot here. Actually, if I am being very honest with you guys, (laughs) if you could see me right now, I am not wearing a shirt while I'm recording this. I'm wearing shorts and my bra because it is so hot in this room. There's no windows in here and it's really, really small and hot. And I was wearing a sweatshirt and then I got really heated and into my finance talk and I started sweating because it's like 75 out right now. And I didn't want to lose my mojo and go get a tank top or something. So I'm just sitting here, titties out. (laughs) No, just kidding. I have a bra on, but sitting here, titties out, yelling at you guys about (laughs) finances. Um, My back is actually sweating a lot because it's really hot in here. It's been really nice out. We had a very lovely weekend. I'm really ready for this whole quarantine thing to be over. I was telling Sage, like, if I could just see my friends, hang out with my friends regularly, like, at our own houses, and if I could go to the thrift stores, then I would be totally fine. Like, those are the only things where I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, I really want to go see my friends. I miss my friends so much, and I really want to go to the thrift stores because there's so many good ones around where I live, and I just, there's so many things I want for the house to, like, piece it together. I just cannot. I cannot buy something on Wayfair or Overstock or Target when I know I can find it for a fraction of the price at the thrift store. Ugh. So hopefully those baddies open up soon. I'm going to be going in the first day I can, mask on. I'm going to freaking fuck shit up in the thrift store. I'm so excited to go back. One last little positive note before I end the podcast. Um, I read two really good books recently this weekend. Ask Again, Yes by Mary Beth Keen. I just finished that yesterday. I read it all in one day because it was so freaking good. I just sat out in the sun and read. It was amazing. It's such a good book. It's just really well written and I was completely like immersed in the characters and the, and it's just a really good book. And I posted it on my story and a lot of you guys have read it too. So if you're looking for another novel to read, it's very, very good. Um, I got it at Target and they had it for 20% off at Target. So that's a hot tip. And then the other book, I'm still reading it because it's like a collection of short essays. Um, It's Little Weirds by Jenny Slate. She's a comedian. Um, Holy shit. What a book. I've heard so much about it. It's honestly crazy. I don't think I've ever read a book like it because she just writes, she's a comedian. So it's very funny. Like everything has a little light humor. Like everything she writes is slightly humorous, but it's written so well and so descriptive and like just how she writes is insane like I've literally never read a writing style like that because I don't even know how to describe it there's this really beautiful passage from it that I really really liked so I wanted to read that for you guys because like it's one of those beautiful crystal clear images you can hold in your mind so I really liked it. So anyway, this is from her book, Little Weirds, and it's on page 80. In this short essay, she's just basically fantasizing about living on a deserted island with two women who are like her kindred spirits. (laughs) Um, Okay. We didn't need to have shirts on or any clothes that we didn't want. A rabbit doesn't have socks. Why would a woman have a bra if she was making a snack in her natural habitat, which is of course a house by the sea? We put our groceries away in states of undress. We drank beer while making cocktails. We got in the bathtub together and sat there like toddlers, like psychic siblings, like little clams. We took a three-hour bath, getting in and out to bring in new treats. Somebody took a nap during the bath. We let the cold go down and kept putting in the warm when we needed it. We kept cups of wine around the tub. So isn't that just lovely? Like, I just love the image that that paints. And it's, it's, I think the book is really wonderful just for that, like, putting such clear, vivid images in your mind. And I saw one of the reviews on the back of the book was like, this book reminded me that I was alive. And it totally, totally did. 
it reminds you of all the best parts of life and how beautiful like all the little details are and just yeah how beautiful life really is so (laughs) that's my cheesy way to end the podcast um let me know if you guys want me to keep doing book recommendations on here just as like another added thing so I will end out this episode I hope you guys enjoyed it um I got rather personal I'm a little like nervy to put these kind of things out there but this is the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast is to share these things and not feel like I had to filter myself so much hope you guys are all doing well thank you so so much for tuning in I can't wait to talk to you guys next Wednesday don't forget to leave me a review and a rating if you liked it don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so it pops up in your little feed and let me know what you thought of this episode talk to you guys soon thanks for tuning in to acting my age with me Rohini Elise